1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: What's up? It's your boy, the Ted Smith from the Men's Room. And did you know I have a podcast? Well, I do. The podcast. New episodes uploaded every Wednesday on the Odyssey app.
1: Fortunately, what you're about to hear
0: is real the members of this radio program are simply not that bright or what some people would call educated They are merely stupid they're not trying to offend anyone on purpose.
1: And all have played Doctors on TV. You have been warned and are cordially invited to join the party. This is the men's room.
3: Forget it, man, and get with the countdown. Get, 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 get with the countdown. Shake this
0: square world and blast off the kick spill. <laughs> The trippers, the grasshoppers, the hippos, all gathered in secrecy and flying high as a kite.
1: This is the Men's Room with Miles and Thrill. You know what they say, shake your radio more than three times
0: and you're playing with it. You're listening to the Men's Room. Wow! The children's. And away we go. Welcome to season 19, episode number... 4,050. Along with Steve the Thrill Hill, the Ted Smith, Move! and my car,
4: Montgomery.
0: Thank you. i On tap today, Taryn Daly and Steve Miggs from the Daily Megs Morning Show join us. Once again, we will sit and spin. And today, a little nostalgia with the 10 best 70s TV theme songs of all times. Nostalgia to us because we're old. Yeah. We will play Profile This. Plus headlines, some interim shout of the day, fun with listener emails, and everyone's favorite TV time with T. Click, clack. Drunk to All right, here we go to Buffalo where another emergency landing happens after the plane loses a door. Meanwhile, H. Coma Clark pulls out a machete when a thief with a small knife walks into the store. Methodist pastor is pulled over with Methodist car A woman who swings medieval sword at cops Takes it just a little too far And a drunk Florida man driving an airboat Decides to attack a sheriff deputy That is all coming on today's very special episode Of The Men's Room
1: And now, here's the
3: question Hola bitches Good day to you And yours Are there some well known things out there That you don't want to make physical contact with? Poop Glass shards, someone else's open wound, poison ivy, blue ring octopi, fire. I mean, those are the obvious things, but sometimes the cutest of things just might kill you. Now, last week, our very own Mike Hawk brought us the story of a man whose pet chihuahua gave him yedo chihuahua kisses and gave him sepsis that damn near killed him. Well, a cat in Oregon heard this news and said, hold my catnip. This cat spread bubonic plague to its owner. This is the same disease that killed more than a third of Europe, Europe's population in the 1300s. That's right, the cat went medieval on her ass. And it's not just animals trying to take us out. Plants hate us, too. Last week, we read about Derdrochnide morids, a.k.a. the world's most dangerous plant. So in a nutshell, if you brush it, right, you just walk by and brush it. An injection with venom that causes excruciating pain. It even resists the efforts of morphine and it can last for months. Again, because you brushed it. Oh, side note, it can grow to be 115 feet tall. We also have the story about a fungus that eats through your blood vessels, the latest norovirus outbreak on a cruise ship, and a cancer patient who died after a surgical robot burned a hole in their organs. I suspect it had a bit of an Austrian accent. Anyway, sometimes the last thing you expect is the thing that brings you harm. And that's what we want to know today. Our question, what unexpected source messed
0: you up? To be a part of the big show, call 206-803-ROCK. You can like The Men's Room on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Men's Room Live. And
1: send your emails to the room at KISW.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
0: rolls on. You're listening to The Men's Room with Miles and Thrill. 99.9 KISW. All the channels, the way we go. Welcome to season 19, episode number 4050 with a large and a charged program we have for you today. Guaranteed future
5: repeats. Oh, hell yeah.
0: As we are joined once again by Taryn Daly and Steve Meggs from the Daily Meggs Morning Show we'll sit and spin. We go back in time with the best 70s TV theme songs of all time. All of them. There's a ton of great ones. All of them, man. And I feel like, you
3: know, back in the day, as I remember it, it seems like most TV theme songs were written specifically for the show. Yeah. Where nowadays you take a song that already exists and apply it to your show. Like Sopranos. You do. You, you do. And you grab and some and put of those and some
0: of those become hits. A lot of sure, these uh, sure. themes from the 70s ended up doing real well with radio airplay. And, and they were played as actual songs on the radio.
3: I remember my mother. These are 80 shows, but I remember she bought the 45 for, oh, God, uh, uh, Hill Street Blues. That did very well. And Greatest American Hero. Both of those. Uh, they actually charted as songs. Uh, we played that in school band. The Greatest American Hero.
0: WKRP yeah. in uh, Cincinnati. That was a song that they Great played, too. On, played on the radio back in the day. Did they actually play oh, on yeah. the radio? Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, those are the, the, those I guess are the, you should. Well, most of that stuff was released in some form or fashion. It, you know, the theme from Happy Days. There's a number of songs right, right. that actually got radio airplay that were hits for the artists. So not only were they you know, popular with the television show, they, they sold them in the record store.
2: Do some of them know? nowadays are just songs you don't know. They use them as the theme song and they get mm-hmm. huge. Yeah, the, the theme, The Friends. I remember this one. I just, and, and I hate the song. I just assumed it was
3: written for the show Friends. Maybe it was. Maybe it, was it wasn't. I didn't know it was a whole song, and I was somewhere like Rite Aid or Bartels, whatever. And it was on, and I thought it was weird to play the theme song, and then it kept going on and on. And I'm standing in line like, did you know this was an entire song? And the person in front of me was like, I did. Yeah. I'm like, I, I think God. it's the Rembrandts. Okay. It is the Rembrandts. Yeah, is. Rembrandts. But I think it was Name already Name another a song. song from the Rembrandts.
2: Oh, no. I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. But that song got super famous because of Friends. Yep. I think the Sopranos theme was already a song. Now, that was already that, a song. It might
0: have been a song, but mm. I never heard it.
2: That is a badass right. like, song. I never heard the Rembrandts. Till, that's my point. Until yeah. like, they put them in those TV shows, then they get massive.
0: So look, if you write a terrible song, submit it for a TV show theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 10 best 70s TV theme songs of all times. Coming up, we will sit and spin. What else do we have for you today on this huge show? Oh, we got uh new Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam uh, just today announced that a new album is coming our way, I believe, in April. They did already announce two shows at Climate Pledge Arena on May the 28th and the 30th. That is a Tuesday and Thursday. We're the the tickets are cheaper than a beer. Now, last Plan time, play. last time, last time they did, uh, they did three nights. Correct? I think so. Was, Was the only- home shows? Wasn't that three, two? They only did two. Okay, I'm assuming that maybe they kept Wednesday open for an additional show, or that hopefully is maybe family day. You know what I mean? What's family day? Like when they invite their family? Well, when they just can take a night off and go home and oh, dinner oh, oh, with their okay. damn family, you know, and just enjoy
3: themselves. If you it's are
0: family to Pearl Jam, right? And nothing against Pearl Jam, but,
3: you know, I'm, I'm one of the brothers of one of the guys in the band. I've heard everything you've done. Maybe you sent me some early demos. And they're like, hey, man, we're going to be in town. We're playing these shows. Are you still as excited? Or are you like, bro, listen, man, I love you. I- I'm staying home with the kids. You know what I mean? Like.
0: I hear you. I know you're big, but you're my brother. We got in an yeah. argument at Thanksgiving. Most you know? of the time, though, these, uh, not, saying that, not saying you don't have kids later in life, mm-hmm. but most of these guys' kids have already grown up. I know, oh, man. If they had children. you know Their children are through high school,
2: now in the college years. It's kind of weird, but that's just how Do old Do you think they are. care?
3: Yeah, I think they, oh, they yeah. care
2: more now. I can imagine as teenagers being like, I don't want to go see dad play. You're embarrassing mm-hmm. me. Right. Yeah, but now that you're in your 20s and you realize how big, like, I would think they like it more now. Yeah, I would that think that so, so, too. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we'll play the new uh, Pearl Jam uh, uh, coming up on the program. Again,
0: Climate Pledge or, uh, Arena, May 28th and 30th. I believe if you head to KISW.com, there's a chance for you to uh, register to win those tickets. That is correct. So and that's I'm not sure their... the night or whatever the deal is,
2: but either one of the two shows, we have tickets for you at uh, KISW.com. I think maybe they're just like a night off. That's kind of their thing. Yeah, I mean, it's that's one of the best things the home shows, home, right? Like. I went to the Wednesday one, and then, right, they played again Friday. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, what else do we have for you today?
0: Oh, in our question, we're going to talk about unexpected sources that messed you up. Things mm. that you had no idea that could be harmful to you, but they ended up being uh, not the best thing in the world.
3: I think food poisoning.
0: That had covers it, most of them. I had it with one mushroom.
3: What? One mushroom. But you even acknowledged that it looked weird, yep. so my sympathy for you
0: is limited. There was a guy last week. Uh, I, never, I really have never had food poisoning based on something that I cooked myself.
3: But the difference is like you looked at it and something in your brain identified like that. Looks weird. No, it looks awesome. And then awesome. you ate it anyway. Like look at the color of that mushroom. That's not like, a good me, sign. I know, but... Look it, at this colorful mushroom. Yeah, it had some red it in it. Way. it
2: this way. had some red in it. it you know, like blue. Easter eggs. Easter no, no, no. eggs. You can't shake. That is not the way you have told this story. Like Easter so eggs different. have lots it's of Yeah.
3: But if you bought a dozen eggs and they're like, oh, no, we didn't dye these. That's what they look like. There's no way you'd crack it. And then try to square oh, that. Was, bad that blood. was a bad night, man.
2: Yeah. I like this ham. It's lunch meat looks weird. God, look That's at that a rainbow. I got a rainbow on yeah. like the steak that said it's you know
3: <laughs> discounted by fifty percent. Well, there was a guy last week. and It's not that you want to be without sympathy, but uh, he died eating was a pufferfish, blowfish. What, yep. What's the okay? So the people that prepare that at restaurants, they go through years of training. You have to be certified. This guy did it himself, DIY pufferfish, and he did it wrong, and he died. Like, look, man, there's just certain things, like, if you have to be certified to make sure that this piece of food I eat will not drop me dead, I'm going to take it to that person. But he's like, nah, I think I can figure this out.
0: Yep. They say it can be a nice feeling to have a dog show affection and give you kisses in the form of licks. Turns out, though, there is a hidden danger in those smooches, and one man nearly lost his life because of it. Doctors believe the 71-year-old man from the Canary Islands almost died from being licked by his chihuahua. He started not feeling well with a fever and then severe diarrhea. That diarrhea lasted for days, according to the Daily Mail. After a week, he went to the hospital where he was short of breath. He was coughing up mucus. They took an x-ray of his chest and discovered a dense uh, finding in one of his uh, lungs. Diarrhea. Opacity, maybe? Diarrhea. Dog owner who was a former smoker, high blood pressure, lung disease, type 2 diabetic, diagnosed with pneumonia worse. He had also developed septus. Uh, sepsis, what can be, uh, deadly. He was put on an oxygen mask and wound up spending three weeks in the hospital to recover. I understand they go through his
3: history of bad habits, smoking, drinking, but no, 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 no. You're mm-hmm. pointing out the dog single-handedly
0: is the thing that damn near took his ass out. Blood, uh, draw data show that he picked up a bacteria often found in dogs' mouths. While people can get the bug after being bitten or scratched by dog or cat, the man said that it, it did, that did not happen to him. Instead, he caught it by getting kisses from his pet. Now, while rare to uh, get pneumonia from the bacteria, apparently it can happen, especially if you let uh, pets lick you or you share a bed with them, it says. Uh, Babies and the elderly are the most at risk, but anyone can catch the bug, so be careful around your furry friends, they say. Do I find it funnier just because it's a chihuahua? I feel like if you said Doberman or German
3: Shepherd, I'm like, oh, man, it's terrifying. I don't know why I just find it funnier with a chihuahua. Sure. For whatever reason. And then I always pictured Chihuahua sounding like the Taco Bell dog. So, like, the dogs are like, I'm going to kill you. Well, they're, they have a little teeny tiny and mouth. And a lot of and...
0: those Chihuahuas are, are often voted the ugliest dogs in the world with their tongues hanging out and just like.
2: Yeah. Ugly Chihuahuas I, yeah. are real ugly. And they're
0: not friendly.
2: No, they're good with their no. owners, but every Chihuahua I've ever met is kind of a pain in the butt. Well, they're super territorial. They don't like anybody. They like to nip and bite. Yeah, now
0: they're trying to kill you. Mm-hmm. We head down the road to uh, Oregon. Oregon has reported its first human case of. The bubonic plague since 2015. And local health department believes the infection came from the owner of a cat. Though the plague wiped out more than a third of Europe's population in the 14th century, it's not so deadly these days so long as antibiotics are administered, as they were early on in this case. All close contacts of the resident and their pet have been contacted and provided medication to prevent the illness. Symptoms of bubonic plague include the sudden onset of fever, nausea, weakness, chills, and muscle aches, which typically begin within two to eight days of being exposed. And people who are most typically infected are done so uh, from a flea bite. Huh. Okay. And it can be transmitted from the contaminated fluids or tissues of dogs, cats, and rodents, uh, including chipmunks and squirrels. Oh, I got to stop petting them. Pet cats are... Alvin! You are, gave me the plague! They're highly susceptible to plagues. Squirrels. Yeah. <laughs> if possible, they want you to uh, discourage your pets hunting rodents. Okay, cat. No more mice for you. That'll work. We know it's instinctive, but just... How do you
3: Fight
2: convince it. your
0: cat not to... Don't, don't play with that bird. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in the U.S., plague infections continue to occur in rural parts of the West. New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado see the most. A thousand uh, or so confirmed of uh, human plague cases were uh, occurring in the United States within the last few years. Over eighty percent have been the uh, the bubonic form or oh, bubonic cool. form. Cool. So, yes. What? Uh, so, what happens to the cat? Right, because they oh, keep I, saying, "Oh, I, well, I guess we you let- give the cat medication as well that would seemingly work." I just, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I don't, Is there a medication you can give your cat if it a plague, or is it one of those, hey, we're sending sunshine here to the farm?
2: I mean, it costs extra, pet solutions. Plague isn't a normal thing. You would charge extra for that? Yes. I mean,
3: look, I'm not trying to be mean, and I love my cat, the cat's very sweet. Rainbow Janet has been a great addition to the home, but if she passes me the black plague, I got bad news for her.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just and, worried about my workers. can I'm touching animals with the. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah.
3: But I'm just thinking I go home, I go home to a dog, I go home to a cat. And now I'm going to look at them like, both of you are going to try to kill me. Because the dog wants to lick me because she's full of love. The cat's constantly all over me if I if I visit her. So I'm just like, what is going to happen to me? Yeah. Yeah, a little headbutt, a little lick, a little whatever it is they do. Like, man, you're supposed to be my friend. I feed you. We take you to the vet. We do all the stuff. And you might give me the plague right,
0: right. or sepsis. Good God, man. Yeah. When I was, uh, I was 14 or 15 years old, and I started getting severe plantar warts on the bottom of my feet. Now, where I grew up, it was rainy. Uh, your tennis shoes were always wet when you came home. Your socks is that what leads to it? Well, that's what kind of uh, we thought. My mom and I both thought that, and it turned out that the doctor wasn't as convinced that that was the source of these. And they were they were deep. They had to be dug out. All right. They mm. came on all at once. It was it was painful as hell because I had to get one foot done at a time. Because if you do two feet, you can't walk. Now, do you awake through this procedure? Ah, uh, they used a local. Okay, All right. so they basically put in uh, like a, a bunch of shots around the area, which which trust that hurts me, the bottom of your feet. That's not where you want them. And then basically, what they use is kind of like an acid that eats through. It's a topical. Uh, okay, and then when you get through the root. Uh, you need to tell him, that, like, oh, it's starting to hurt. Because when they basically say, when it starts to hurt, well, well, they have like a uh, uh, substance that they pour on there that neutralizes the acid. Do you tell them or do you just scream? You just wait for the pain. He says, as soon as you feel pain, that's when we stop the process. Is that a yes? Is that your pain? As you feel pain. This is 1985 in rural West Virginia. Sure. So this is, I don't know what their technique is. Bite or, on this piece of bamboo, or, son. They could probably, uh, you know. Pour some jack dandies on your feet and off we go. Laser it or whatever the deal is. So... I get the first leg done, uh, the first foot done. That that is incredibly bad. But my other foot had more uh, warts on it. It had like three. And inside of a plantar wart, this is going to sound disgusting. It's what they call a seed, mm-hmm. and it's way down in there, and that needs to be removed, which is different than a regular wart. Now, what is a? Is it a fungus? Is it a tiny plant? Is it like? Is it a virus? You
3: know, look, like we know it's what a, a wart fungus. is, but what exactly? Right. It is a fungus.
0: But I do know this for a fact. The doctor did conclude. He's like, do you play sports? And I was like, well, yeah. He's like, well, do you shower, you know, when, when, you're, never, done, doc. when you're done after practice? And that was my answer. No. No. I, I never really. I, you just went home. Like, it was yeah, okay. 7 All right, o'clock enough, enough. I was going to say, why, yeah. That's why I why always you, just went home. That's why you stunk in the car. You're, everything. Like, people hated picking you up. I mean, those, those only, <laughs> I'm, I'm that serious. There only a couple of uh, parents that like, half the time they put kids in the back of a pickup truck oh yeah just because they smelled so bad especially after football practice but anyway so he's like well you know what where do you shower and i was like well i shower every day after gym class and then i shower at home you know either in the morning or at night and he's like you shower at at the gym right and i'm like well in the locker room yeah and he's like do you wear flip-flops in the shower and i was like not really. And that does like, seem like a crazy suggestion like, when he first said. Yeah. Well, and, and he's like, "Is the shower like dirty? Like is there like?" Mo-? I was like, "Oh, god, it's filthy." I was like, "The shower is it's awful. Like this, it stinks all the time. It smells like people. There's a film on the floor. It's kind of you know. Yeah, I mean, they maybe they bleach it like once every month or two months or whatever. But I was like, no, it's it's absolutely disgusting in there. And he's like, well. I truly believe you got this from the from your school, mm. from the shower floor because the the our gym teacher made us shower. Right after, and we got extra credit if we showered. Did you have one of those guys that would literally stand there With and the look the at you board. naked while? Clipboard. you're- Yeah, we had the same thing. So they deducted that, and,
2: and that's when I first he got arrested for the reasons you think about yeah. five years later. My gym yes. class was just you just had to wear the gym class uniform. Basically, if okay. you wore it, you get an A. They had to make you
3: shower. We did. Not. Guy, in elementary school, I should point out. Not, not all the way through high school, but uh, a guy named Mr. Stryker. I don't mind saying his name because he later got arrested for pedophilia. But this yeah. guy, seriously, man, it was. And even when you're doing the stupid stuff in gym class where basically you sat around to hear them explain something you'll be doing in the future, still mm-hmm. had to get in the shower. I'm like, dude, we didn't even have to change into our gym clothes. Nobody broke a sweat. We were sitting on the floor, but get in the shower, same thing. And like it says, about five years after we moved away from Rochester, uh, my father just I just hear him go, Oh my god, you're not gonna believe this. I say what. And you're still getting the paper from round turned it around and I'm like, Yeah, that's my gym teacher and mm-hmm. that all makes sense.
0: Now uh we had uh we, we we had junior high basketball, but but when I played at that uh at that time there was also a recreational league for kids who weren't on the main basketball team. Right. So I always tried sure. in that growing up because even when you were younger, you could play like eighth the, you know, grade, seventh grade, or whatever the deal is. So I always played on, the, and that's where we 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 had at the school. So the two best players on the team, uh, Tim and uh, myself, uh, sitting on the bench, and Tim's like, "I can't play tonight, man." He's like, "I,", I, I he's like, "My foot is freaking killing me." He's like, "I've got this sore on the bottom of my foot. I can't get rid of him." I'm like, take off your sock, man. Let me look at your feet. And Tim pulls off his of shoes, and I'm like, you have plan warts. I was like, I, I just went through I hope was. you said it that loud. Oh, yeah. You have I, plan warts, dude. It's the same shower. <laughs> it's the same thing. Right, so, right. So Tim's mom is the one who went to the principal and actually said something. Wait, clean this ass up, man. They didn't go and sample or anything like that. They they just went in there and did a thorough scrub down and cleaning on the shower. Mm-hmm. And from that point in time, I I, I, I don't know anyone else who got uh, the the plan awards, Right. But, it's amazing uh,
3: what cleaning things would do. Yeah, that's, somebody that's, on the text line says, uh, I had plantar warts on my foot as a kid, too. My mom shaved them down every day until she finally got to the seed. No doctor needed in the 1980s. That from Don and Roy.
0: Uh, God, ah, no. It, 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 they were too deep in there. there
3: was, it was, right. Like, like,
0: when, when they were done healing up, there was a hole. Did anyone else holes? besides you and the other guy get them, no, as I, far I, as I just know? knew, Tim, because we were in the locker room before the game. He's like, I don't think I can play, man. I was like, right. what, what's wrong? with you? My foot is killing me. I was like, what do you mean your foot's killing me? He's your foot. He's like, it's the bottom of my foot. I was like, all right, that seems weird.
2: Well, so seems I like, like we, I just went,
0: I just went through I this mean, about hi,
2: two months before that. Also, high school, like, I remember getting warts in high school. I, I've never had a wart since then, so I don't know if it's if I, just being a teenager or like. I think is it, it just might just that be the age? conditions. I mean, think about it, right? So you guys are talking about plantar warts when you guys are younger, and then remember. But I'm saying I didn't have plantar warts. Like I remember just having a couple on my fingers and stuff. It's almost like a bloody nose. Like, I remember getting them in high school. You don't really get them as an adult. But then it's like we graduated to MRSA. Remember,
3: like, all these wrestling mm-hmm. uh, mats? Oh, yeah. yeah. And that seemed to sweep the nation. And they go, ooh, maybe maybe we should clean these sweaty-ass mats. Now it's what? It's rubber pellets. They keep dumping rubber the pellets turf.
0: on the uh, turf. And, and, it's and like
3: we keep just people- our kids. Look, you won't get planned awards. we clean the shower. Uh, not as much MRSA. We will go ahead and clean the, uh, the, the wrestling mats. But we're going to keep putting carcinogens on the turf
0: and deal with that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Wrestling room's a unique smell, too. There was a whole story about A lot about of that, sweat, a uh, lot of bleach. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: A whole story about that uh, with uh, goalkeepers.
2: Soccer. Oh, soccer. Because you're right. Because you're, I mean, that's you're diving. Not, your knees, your scrapes, your Right. Because they didn't have that turf in the 90s. But they then I played not. indoor as a keeper as an adult. And I'm telling you, those little pellets get everywhere. They do. Yes. And no other uh, athlete on the
0: field typically does a head first slide <laughs> on the turf. <laughs> right. Unless, unless they score a goal. Correct. So, you know. Goalies are going elbows down, hands out, you know, knees out. I mean, they're they're going for the ball, and, and that stuff is like sandpaper. The next thing you know, you're covered in little black dots. Yep. And the next thing you know, you're you're. you're Experiencing some serious medical problems. Maybe don't dump that stuff on field. I don't know. What's out? What unexpected source messed you up? 206 803 Rock. KISW. The shenanigans continue. This is the men's room with Miles and Thrill. My question What unexpected source messed you up? 206 803 Rock. Hello, Chad. Welcome to the men's
6: room. Hey, fellas. Hola. So uh when I was 18, I was a senior in high school. Uh, it was New Year's Eve, I remember, and uh, I was having severe stomach pain, like really bad. Like right in the center, just sharp, terrible, hurt to move kind of thing. And my mom was out of town. Um, so I called her and she told me to go to the ER. I'm kind of freaking out, it's all by myself, you know, I'm a kid. And uh I get in there, you know, wait for hours and hours, and eventually my dad is able to make it. They're divorced and all that at the time. Um, and. uh you know, we're kind of hanging out, hanging out. They're running all kind of tests on me. They can't figure out what's wrong. I'm scared I have appendicitis because I went to good old Dr. Google. Uh, always a bad idea. Always a bad idea. I felt, you know, it just left me feeling worse the whole night. Because it's always... Into a room.
3: Yeah, it's worst case scenario. Like, if you Google, whatever you're saying, you can say, yeah. man, I have a sore throat. If you Google it, it's like, you're going to die. You have esophageal cancer. Exactly.
0: It's
3: like, or you just have a sore throat, man. That's all.
6: Exactly. Oh, shoot. Sorry, there's a lady crossing the street with a stroller in front of me in the middle of Pack Ave right now. Oh, um, come on, get across. <laughs> all right, um, okay, not at a crosswalk, let me say. Not at a crosswalk. Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> we're all going 35 miles an hour. Um, she's across. <laughs> anyway, um, she, uh, so I'm, I'm there. And uh, they eventually get us in a room. They're still running tests on me. And uh, I'm there for six, seven hours now. And we're both exhausted. And, uh... Uh, actually, we ended up finding out I had some kidney issues later, but where this led is just absolutely insane because I'm laying on my side and the nurse is kind of talking to me and doing all this stuff. And I don't know if she warned me that she was going to do this. I don't think she did. Um, but I'm laying there and she's. Uh, and I end up with my pants down around halfway around my thighs and I'm talking to my dad, laying on my side, not looking at her. And suddenly there's a finger up my bum. Oh. No. <laughs> Uh, typically, um, you need first, a little bit of a warning for that one. You'd prefer one. First, yeah, First time in my life, I'm 18 years old, right? I'm not in my 40s. Uh, like, I'm sure all you fine gentlemen have experienced by It doesn't point. make and, it uh, any
0: more awesome, dude. Just really <laughs> just, it, it depends on who you date. It doesn't matter the age.
6: That's true. That's true. But, uh, you know, my dad being the, the not-so-self-aware or emotionally intelligent guy that he is, uh, this goes, oh, you got the old jelly finger, huh, son? <laughs> Well, well, yes, I, Dad. I'm just nervously laughing. <laughs> <laughs> little tears down the face, you know.
0: <laughs> I wonder what she was looking for.
6: You know, I don't know. I, they didn't know what was wrong with me at that time yet. They were still figuring it out.
3: How long did it take them to figure out? what? Because you said it ended up being kidney issues.
6: You know, I think they got a blood test back a few hours later and eventually said something was a little off, and they were taking guesses and sent me to a kidney doctor who I didn't, you know, of course, get to see for another month and a half. Jesus. So but man, that was a. a so what did you just, did you, just live, did you, did you just live
0: with you let you just live with a pain for a month and a half?
6: Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, so
0: that's
3: they a weren't lot of
6: school that year.
3: They weren't overly concerned. They're just like, hey, when you can get to see this kidney doctor, that's when you can go. That's it.
6: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's been my experience with specialists for the most part. Anytime I've ever had to see one.
3: And what what exactly was wrong with your kidneys?
6: I had something called, which they had never seen in some, anyone under the age of sixty, is what the kidney doctor ended up telling me. But something called papular necrosis, where one of my kidneys was kind of dying on me.
3: Oh Jesus! What about yeah, now? So Did you get a kidney replacement? Is it just dead or
6: what? I uh, got a kidney removed, and uh, yeah, I'm living on one, and I feel great.
3: Okay, I was gonna ask, man, because you know you can you can donate a kidney to someone, and you are now down to one, so. Is there any noticeable lack of function when you're down to one kidney or no? Or what is the inherent danger of having one kidney? If you can give one away, why do we have two? You know what I mean?
6: Yeah. I mean, what they told me is if I start to, you know, have more issues or start to feel kind of weak or anything like that. I mean, this is years and years ago. I've never had a problem since. I'm almost 30. Uh, But... um, they said if I ever start to notice like a lack of basic function in my body, go see my doctor and ask them about it. But they do checkups on me. They run my blood work and it as a fiddle.
2: Does it affect how much you can like, because the kidneys kind of like cleaning stuff, right. right? Kind of cleansing the blood. So I mean, is that like you got to watch like alcohol or bad foods?
6: Yeah, yeah. There was a while there where I would black out super easy if I drank. Um, and now my body just doesn't let me. So, like, I just puke if I drink too much, which is almost kind of nice.
3: But what is too um, much? I mean, <laughs> my body makes me puke if I drink too much, but I recognize that it was a lot.
6: So what is it for you? Uh, you know, I can still keep up, you know, two, three drinks an hour if I have to, but I usually keep it lighter than that, drink a half an hour
0: maybe. Well, okay. you know, it's going to make right. you feel like crap.
6: Yeah, exactly. It keeps me from getting real hungover or blacking out and doing something stupid. Oh, the Honestly, advantage of the one kidney. Ever.
0: Yeah. That's why I don't drink I wine. Mean, that's
6: just me. I, I, I can't speak for anyone else. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, wine and me, not friends. Uh, red wine, specifically? No, yeah, I can't drink it. I mean, I, do, I, 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 I can. I can have a couple beers and, and one glass of red wine and not really do too much. Go home, and then the next thing you know, I am. I got a bit of a headache, and I am. I cannot up, deal I'm throwing with throwing
3: up wine. Red wine, at all. And, and look, I, I. When I was younger, man, I just and keep in mind of drinking age, but I was never a wine drinker. And to me, you know, booze was booze. I recognized that hard booze had a different effect than beer, but. I went to the cast party. I was not part of this play, but I was friends with someone who was. And they were having a cast party. They invited me, and it was cool. But the woman who's throwing the party, she was the director of this play. All she had was red wine because that's how she rolls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I did not know any different, I'm like, cool. And I drink red wine the same way I drink beer. And we had a great time. I do not remember the night, but I do remember waking up the next morning, and it was one of the worst hangovers I've ever had as far as a headache goes. Oh, yeah. like, it's I almost like your up, head like, wants to
0: you, right. you just want to get it off of your shoulders and give it to somebody else.
3: Because sometimes you wake up, you're still drunk. It wasn't that. Like, the, the drunk was gone somehow. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. You're just in pain. And I, I could not believe it. And after that, man, I swore. Look, I did not swear off drinking, but I swore off red wine for a while. And now the most I will have is like a glass. Because we're at a nice dinner. And even though I even point out to the sommelier slash waiter, no, no. This bottle's for my wife. They still pour me. A
0: glass. Yeah. It's like when she says we're going to split dessert. No, you're eating the dessert, but they bring two spoons anyway. I even tell them don't bring two spoons, and there was
3: laugh I'm being serious, hey, red, man. I
2: like red wine. I just I don't dislike. I drink it too quick. quick.
3: It's not a light beer. Well, it's the thing, you know, we yeah. drink the way we drink, but it's weird because people that drink wine most of the time, if you notice them with a the beer, we perceive it as them taking forever to drink their beer. But you give me a glass of wine, I mean, it's, I'm not going to chug it. But to me, especially one. I don't like any drink where the goal is to not fill the glass. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. I understand you got to let it breathe and all these things that go into it. But, like, they'll pour you a glass of wine, and I'm looking at my glass, like, pour it like a third of the glass, man. So I kind of slam it because it's a third of a glass. And wine glasses aren't big anyway. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, you should take your time. I'm like, pour me more wine. I will drink it slower. <laughs> it's not my fault. I did not invent this. What, uh, what unexpected source messed you up? 206-803-ROCK. Hello, Tom. Welcome to the Men's Room.
5: What's up, bitches? Hola! How are you guys today? Doing great. Good. So, uh, in 2012, I'm driving through the Central Valley of California, uh, doing some work up there, and some different... uh, I'm an audio designer and installer, so go buy some churches and theaters and all that good stuff. I get back from that trip, and I develop a cough... Think, ah, uh, you know, chest cold, no big deal. <laughs> and it, exactly. Uh, and it, you know, you kind of think, uh, it's going to get better. Keeps getting worse, keeps getting worse, keeps getting worse. Finally, my wife's like, you know, this is ridiculous. Go to the urgent care. So I go to urgent care. They x ray my chest. My God, you've got pneumonia. Look at that. Your left lung is completely white, and we're going to put you on antibiotics. So they put me on antibiotics. Two days later, I get up out of bed, start to walk across the room and collapse. So they haul me to the hospital, the emergency room, and uh, they do the same thing. X-ray, good, late grief, bacterial pneumonia, here, more antibiotics, kept me in the hospital, put it in the IVs. And about a day after I was in the hospital, I just kept getting worse. And they. uh, What is worse?
3: Like, what are your symptoms for the sake of the uh, cough or what?
5: No, I like they had forced oxygen on me. I couldn't. My oxygen level in my blood was getting too low. Um, I just I couldn't move. And then all of a sudden I wake up one morning and look at my I like look down at my arms and I've got open lesions all over my body. Now, what are
3: you thinking? I mean, obviously, you're probably quietly panicking. But I mean, what what is going through your head? Because you shouldn't start with a cough and now you have lesions.
5: Yeah, uh, I honestly, it was one of those ones where I just kept hitting the nurse's button and she came running in and went, oh, my God, ran back out of the room, got the doctor. He ran in and went, good Lord, and went, call infectious disease. So they. Oh, God,
3: they They say this for you to hear, including, oh, my God, call. Like, I'm just saying, as a patient, like, hey, man, you can step outside of the room and say, we're just going to move you to a different room. And I go, cool. not." Oh, my God! Colon, infectious disease! Uh, my, my guess would be you're in yep.
0: California, so you probably got, like, an American legion. Hey-oh. Uh,
5: Sorry, <laughs> I, right, I was right
0: there. No, no, uh, I appreciate it. I, uh, I don't know if he's that old.
5: Uh, so this other doctor from infectious disease comes in the room, and I just remember her saying, you know, we're going to figure this out. We'll let you know. And they're swabbing the the uh, lesions and everything, and they go out of the room. So I'm laying there for a couple hours, just thinking the absolute worst, she comes back in, nurses are running behind her with two bags of IVs. They rip the antibiotics off me and they put other ones on. And she said, this is what is called coccidiomycosis. mycosis. It's valley fever, what they call valley fever. And it's when you're in the Central Valley of California or in Arizona, it's very prominent in Arizona. It's almost epidemic in Arizona, but they know what to look for. They didn't, know, they didn't know what to look for with this. If they had seen this sooner, it wouldn't have disseminated. What happens is it sits in your lungs for a while, and then once it gets to a certain point, it goes into your bloodstream. It disseminates out into your bloodstream and goes through your body. Um, it started shutting my liver down. <laughs> um, some people, it attacks their heart. Some people, it attacks their eyes.
0: And do you um, get it just from being in the area?
5: You Literally, this is a fungus spore that you breathe in, and it lodges into your lung, and and it starts there. That's mm-hmm. how it starts. When you say the
0: valley, you're talking about like La Quinta and, you know, those no, honey? it's like
5: Sacramento, Florida, right, so okay, North. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, uh, yeah it really
0: yeah. is good yeah. to know. Uh, what produces the spore? Like, is
3: there a specific it, plant or fungus out there that, that produces this?
5: It, it just grows in the ground. And what happens is when, you know, they're always tilling up the dirt out there for planting. You know, there's major agricultural out there in the Central Valley. Right. And so this, this grows into the dirt, and then they till it up, and it breaks off and goes into the air. And, I mean, I know people, I have friends of mine that moved to Phoenix that ended up having it, but they got it caught early, and they were able to take antifungals for, you know, four or six months, and then it was over with. Well, mine was so bad, um, and then my liver was shutting down. They put me into ICU. Uh, I was there for eight days. And they were just pumping this antifungal into me. And unfortunately, once you get this like that, once it disseminates, that's only like 5% of the people who get valley fever, uh, only 5% disseminate. And once you have that happen, if you live through it, um, you have to take antifungals for the rest of your life to keep it in remission, which is what I have to do. How
0: often do you take it? Is it like once a day?
5: Yeah, it's uh, two pills a day every day.
0: Now, does that keep you away from wanting to travel to Arizona or yeah. going back to Central California?
5: Well, once I once you have it and it disseminates like this, you can't get it again because you, you cannot.
0: All right, I guess that's right.
3: good news.
5: Yeah, a positive. It's, it's okay. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a hell of a thing to think that all you're doing is just breathing and this can happen. So how really long
3: is. how long did you spend in the hospital? Because you said these other people, if it's caught early. They take an antifungal for four to six months, which to me does not sound like you won a prize. So other than taking two pills a day every day for the rest of your life. And here's the good news. They didn't only give you six pills. But that said, uh, how long did you spend in the actual hospital before you were able Um, to be released?
5: I I was in ICU for eight days. And then I was in the regular hospital for another five. And then they sent me home on oxygen. I had an oxygen machine next to the bed. I couldn't. I couldn't move. I mean I lost thirty eight pounds in three weeks. Uh it was, it Being was so Zempic.
2: that's a lot. That, yeah, that's yeah, yeah that's crazy.
5: It um but it also goes into your joints and it settles it settles in your joints and it will and you have flare I have flare ups every once in a while and uh it causes fatigue. And so I you know, I live with this all the time now from this. I mean I'm I'm still functioning. I'm you know, I work and, and do everything, but there are days that uh It feels like I've got arthritis in every single joint of my body, and and I'm exhausted. And
3: how long ago did this happen?
5: This 2012. 2012. 2012. Wow. Good
3: lord, man.
5: Okay. Yeah. So there you go. Never heard heard of that.
3: Yeah. Breathing. Yeah. What's the name (laughs) of it again?
5: It's uh, valley fever is the layman's term, but it's coccidiomycosis is the is the specific term. So no, I'm curious.
3: You say, you know, the nurse is screaming, oh, my God, and get the infectious unit, all these things you don't want to hear if you're a patient. So, one of the things you said to this is like, hey, man, if you're lucky enough to survive this, you take the pills for the rest of your life. Now, are they telling you this at the time? Like, hey, if you survive, we got some pills for you?
5: Well, the the, the doctor said to me, literally, when she came back in, they hooked up the IV, and she said, listen, you're really bad. And she said, in the next couple of days, will be we'll see if you're going to make it through this or not. See oh, it, thanks. Think.
3: I'll have some ice cream. Uh, yeah, I mean like yeah. what what goes through your head no, at that point? Why not? Are you calling family members or are you like no I got this I'm going to tough it out?
5: Well, at that time my kids were 12 years old and oh, they, geez. you know, my wife brought them in and and I, you know, so they could see me at least and I, they could hold my hand and stuff and and you know, it's funny cuz my dad had died the year before and That's and hilarious. Every night, Every night I'm, uh, uh, yeah, i know. Uh, laying in bed. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking through everything. You're going through your whole life. It's like, is this it? You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I was 50, I was fifty. Let's see, I was fifty-one at the time, and I'm like, this is it. I got two kids. I'm going to not see watch them grow up in the whole nine yards. And I was uh, laying there one evening, and I don't know what you guys all believe in or anything, but my, I had held my dad when he passed away. Like literally, I was holding him when he died. And uh, my dad always used to joke to me, he said. You know, I can't die yet because I got to take care of you. He always used to joke about that because I used to race cars and do all sorts of crazy stuff. and And uh, I was laying there in the hospital bed one night. And I was at my worst, and um, he. I looked up and he was sitting in the in my bed, and he looked at me and he said, "Don't worry about it. You'll be all right." And then he disappeared. And I, I always joke with my sisters. I'm sorry, guys.
2: <laughs> we get man. Good. Serious, heavy yeah. moment.
5: You know, it's. Uh, I would joke with my sisters that, you know, he came back and took care of me one more time. You know, before he went. So it was. Um, it's been tough, but it, it's something that I tell everybody about because it's not. You know, people don't talk about it enough, and and it's funny because a lot of Arizona, the the state, doesn't talk about it a lot because everybody. <laughs> Maybe you wouldn't want to move there as quickly. Well, let yeah. think. A yeah. lot of people are moving there.
3: <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of tours. I understand. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you, Tom. Before I were your father and I came back to visit you, I'd be like, you know, I'm worried about you when you're racing cars and you're telling me all you did was breathe. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> I need that $20,
0: right. too. Yeah, it's
2: that. not any better if you just Google Valley Fever. It's like most people fully
1: recover. Yes. Most people. <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> what unexpected source messed you up? 206-803-ROG. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.